Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, good friends. Good to see you, and thanks for coming back for another edition of the Bill Prespot, last one for 2023. Can you believe it? Well, I hope you're enjoying a fun and relaxing holiday. And now, to celebrate this season, we've got a special treat for you. You know, almost every time I meet regular followers of the Bill Press Pod, people tell me that their favorite part of our podcast are the favorite stories of the week that journalists share at the end of each Friday's Reporters Roundtable. So this week, as a year-end special... Producer Jay Feldman has poured through all of this year's Friday podcasts and compiled, I guess what you might call, our favorite stories of all the favorite stories of 2023. Now, I have to tell you, I never know ahead of time what stories reporters are going to talk about. As you know, some of them are funny, some are sad, some are serious, some are totally off the wall, some are about politics, and some are about as far from politics as you can get. They range from showbiz to sports, from pets to personalities. And that's where we begin today with favorite stories about famous personalities. Here is Sudeep Reddy, Senior Managing Editor of Politico. You know, I know everybody was paying very close attention <laughs> to the aftermath, the second wave of the Lauren Boebert stories oh, uh, yes. about what happened uh, <laughs> when she was ejected from a family-friendly theater showing of Beetlejuice uh, when she was asked to stop yep. vaping, taking pictures, and groping uh, uh-huh. her date uh, during this uh, during this uh, event. Her date, by the way, was... Uh, a Democrat supporting owner of a bar that hosts drag events. Uh, So there are layers of hypocrisy in this story. Um, I believe we had three versions of apologies by the time the week is out. John Fetterman uh, jumped on this and used this to defend his dress, his dress as well. Uh, But, but some of my favorite comments about Lauren uh, Boebert, uh, when Jenna Ellis is calling uh, the congresswoman, <laughs> embarrassing and disrespectful, you know you're in trouble. And when Ann Coulter is calling you a totally embarrassing bimbo, uh, you know, friends like these, um, it's it's just remarkable how, uh, how rich this story has been for all of us. Plus, uh, and I look for, forward to the theater performance of it sometime. <laughs> Plus, Bobert d- dropped her boyfriend, right? Because she, she did. She did. A, because he's a Democrat. Uh, she's been exposed. <laughs> Go to speak. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, he was too, uh, so to speak, in the theater, almost at least. Okay. Here, my favorite story of the week was the ad that Joe B- the Biden campaign. Uh, oh yeah, released. Okay. They <laughs> they found out about a speech Marjorie Taylor Greene gave where she accused Biden of wanting to 
complete the legacy, uh, the work of FDR and LBJ. Joe Biden wrapped it up and put it out as an ad for his campaign. Here's just a little clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene she th- attacking uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden had the largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started that LBJ expanded on, and Joe Biden is attempting to complete programs to address education, medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions, and he still is working on it. (laughs) Of course, Joe Biden put that out uh, with the tag, I endorse, my name is Joe Biden, and I endorse this message. Uh, It got 40, so far, I've seen 40 million views uh, online. So Biden turned that around to his own advantage, which I thought was just a funny moment in politics and and a very, very, uh, I thought, smart strategy on the part of, of the Biden people who ever had that idea. And here's Brian Boitler of the Off Message newsletter. Yeah, I'm going to go in a more frivolous direction um, and one that calls back to Nancy Mace, who we discussed earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. And she uh, was seen on, on Capitol Hill earlier this week um, wearing oh, yeah. a scarlet letter, the red letter A um, on her on her sweater. And she said that um, she was wearing it, uh, quote, after the week that I just had being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. And she's referring to the, the backlash she faced for being one of the eight Republicans who helped oust um, Kevin McCarthy and her. Republican colleagues haven't taken kindly to um, any of the members who who put them in this position. Um, but as a, a many of the people covering Mace pointed out, um, that's not why she faced disapproval. Um, and that's not what the Scarlet Letter is about. <laughs> right. um, and I guess I'll just leave it at that. And next up, Emily Gooden, senior U.S. political reporter for the Daily Mail online with two stories about first ladies. I know we've talked a lot about the Trumps, and I'm going to do it one more time. All right. In the Washington Post, there is a story asking the question that we all wonder about. Where is Melania? Yes. Where is Melania? I've done a few stories on this on myself. Um, The former first lady has not been seen in public with her husband since he announced his second campaign, Um, his bid for a second term in the White House. Now, we at the Daily Mail have seen some photos of her at with him at Mar-a-Lago. For example, there was a big Halloween party there, and she joined him for dinner around the pool, her and her parents did. Um, and then they did some family occasions when um, Arabella Kushner, who is Jared and Ivanka's daughter, got bat mitzvahed. Uh, Donald and Melania were there, and some photos were published and that looked lovely. So she is around somewhere but not at her husband's side which is quite intriguing as he goes through court case after court case after court case and she doesn't even come to campaign rallies yeah you would think uh, that uh, that you would see normally right the wife of the candidate at the president's side or the former president's side right so well when you uh, figure out that mystery i hope you'll be writing about it emily i'm curious too and any if you're and if any listeners have seen her please email me <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll put our picture on milk cartons, right? This, <laughs> yeah. Missing <laughs> uh, Well, my favorite story is one you kind of already mentioned, which is I traveled with the First Lady to Africa. It was just um, a rare, amazing trip and really get time to see her close up one-on-one and uh, spreading the administration's message. And of course, she got asked a lot about the re-election campaign and pretty much confirmed that's going to happen. But she's also very good. She stays very on message. She's she's hard to uh, knock off her message of the day. And uh, she's very good at answering questions from the press and taking them at random moments, even as we toss them out at her. But she is um, an asset to that White House that I'm curious if we'll, how they will deploy her during the upcoming campaign, especially as we see fascination growing on the Republican side with the Casey DeSantis and, you know, the Republicans love Melania Trump. So how will Jill Biden play her part in the 2024 campaign? Stay tuned. And now one of our regular guests, Jason Dick, editor-in-chief at CQ Roll Call. Uh, my favorite story of the week is not about the movies, uh, it, for, for once. Uh, it is from the New York Times Magazine over the weekend. Uh, everybody knows Flo, but who knows who Stephanie Courtney is? This is the actress who plays Flo in the progressive commercials. She has been doing this since 2008. Uh, she, she's she's a, uh, a an actress. She still performs with the Groundlings in Los Angeles. Uh, this story <laughs> uh, is, in the New York Times Magazine by Katie Weaver is great because it gets into how she got uh, the, the, the role, how she is more recognized. She is so recognizable that the only people who can really compete with her are 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 like cartoon characters and and <laughs> i mean she is one among the most recognizable people in pop culture and she makes i mean again it's probably nobody's dream to be a, a an ad <laughs> in an ad for 15 years but the estimates of how much she money she makes mm, are, oh, are yeah. somewhere around 10 million dollars a year so Whoa. she is a well compensated actress she can kind of do what she wants which is probably why she's still with the groundlings you know in her, in her in her time mm-hmm. And it's just a great, like, interesting, very meta story. Uh, yeah, I, I'd make an ad for that much money every year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, on personalities, here's one of my favorite stories about a man who deserved a lot more attention than he got and still deserves a lot more attention. So my favorite story of the week, I just want to say that I find that some of the best reporting and you see anywhere, and some of the best stories that you see anywhere are on the obituary page. And I always, <laughs> yes. I always pay attention to them. And I was really caught this week by a story. Uh, some of you may have known him. You cover Congress. A, a man by the name of Bertie Bowman, who died at the age of 92. He was the oldest serving black staffer in the United States Congress. An incredible story. He ran away from home, David, in South Carolina That's right. when he was 13. Mm-hmm. He was the son of sharecroppers, ran away from home, came up to Washington because he had met just by by fluke the senator from uh, South Carolina at the time, Burnett Maybeck. Exactly. He showed up in Maybeck's office. Maybeck gave him a job, 13, sweeping floors for $2 a week. That's how he started out. The senator paid his salary out of his own pocket, $2 a week. But then he got him a job in the coffee shop. Then he got him a job uh, in the barber shop, Shining Shoes, at which Senator Bill Fulbright got to know him, gave him a job on the Foreign Affairs Committee as a clerk on the Foreign Affairs Committee, where one of his tasks was teaching the interns 
how to do their job. And one of the interns that he mentored and taught was Bill Clinton, a young guy <laughs> from Arkansas, Bill Clinton. And then Bernie Bowman continues. He was like decades as a chief staffer on the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee. And he also got help from Strom Thurmond, who helped him get into Howard, and Jesse Helms, who promoted him uh, and got him a promotion in the Foreign Affairs Committee staff. Two outright notorious segregationists. Uh, and this guy got to know them all and serve them all uh, and 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 was loved by everybody. And he learned a little politics along the way. I love the fact when he retired in 2021, he gave an interview to NPR. And NPR said, okay, you've been the chief clerk of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Which one is your favorite senator? And Bowman replied, there are 27 senators on the committee. They are all my favorite. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. It was just, a, just a, a great wrap-up. But anyhow, check the obit page, people. Don't <laughs> find some Find some good stories there. And now, you know, we cover so much serious stuff in Washington that I really appreciate it when one of our reporters comes up with a story that's just very funny, that makes us laugh out loud. Let's start with Jeff Dufer, editor-in-chief of the National Journal. My favorite story of the week is dumb, but I think we need a palate <laughs> cleanser after the last week of news. Um, I have a public service announcement for everyone. Do oh. not... Do not cheat at fishing in the state of Ohio. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. Ohio takes its fishing competitions, apparently, very seriously. Uh, two gentlemen entered a freshwater fishing competition in Cleveland last week, and they came back with uh, the winning walleye. They won by so much, however, that the judges became suspicious. Uh-oh. And when the judges cut open the walleye, they oh, found no. weights and other uh, fillets of other fish stuffed inside. What? You know what? Yes. How, yes. how could they, they do that? Well, they caught the fish, and then they jammed some, some oh, extra weight God. into the fish. So uh, do you know what happened to these guys? They were each sentenced to 10 days in jail, a $2,500 fine, oh my God. a three-year suspension of their fishing licenses, <laughs> And one of the guys had to surrender his $100,000 fishing boat. Wow. So again, I implore you, if you find yourself in Ohio and you come across a fishing competition, do not cheat whatever you do. The long arm of the law will come get you. <laughs> well, I have to say on behalf of all of my fishermen friends, it serves them right. <laughs> <laughs> and on deck next, Matt Gertz, Senior Fellow at Media Matters for America. So regular listeners of this podcast know that I always use this time to discuss my favorite uh, media conspiracy theory, which I do not believe but think is funny, uh, which is that activists from the Democratic Socialists of America have infiltrated the real estate sections of the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and are using their influence there to try to bring about the revolution. Um, so this week, my favorite story uh, from the journal is uh, headlined, it's a party house, it's a meditation space, it's just a total indulgence, says the owner. Uh, it's about a 75-year-old businessman uh, named Tommy Dean who bought a 
beach house for $3.5 million, quote, on a whim after getting detoured one day and seeing a for sale sign and spent $5 million fixing it up. Uh, it is about four miles away from his primary home, which is an 8,000 square foot Tuscan style stone mansion. Uh, and he uses it solely uh, as a meditation and entertaining space. It is a three level, 3,200 square foot party house on the beach. Uh, we need higher taxes for rich people. Uh, thank you uh, to the DSA operatives uh, who produced that. Oh, it's so good for political reporters to have a chance to get away from politics. They appreciate it. So do we. Like, for example, Linda Feldman, D.C. Bureau Chief and White House Correspondent for the Christian Science Monitor. So I'm going completely politics-free and light. All my, right. All my, right. My favorite <laughs> recent piece was in the Washington Post. It was called Live Out Your Hallmark Movie Fantasies in These Five Festive Towns. And that, that caught my... So I had never watched a Hallmark movie in my life. <laughs> we were visiting with my mom near Boston during Thanksgiving. And this is my 86-year-old mom. She's, has a, she's completely sharp, better memory than I have. She loves Hallmark movies. This is what she does in the evening. She watches one after the other, you know, A Husband for Christmas and... They, they, I mean, they're, it's a crazy industry. They're incredibly successful. So, of course, I had to read this list. I'm now all about Hallmark movies. And, you know, wow. there's, there's, there's like 500 of them, right? They're, they're, <laughs> they have for, for two hours of movie, you get a, like a half an hour of an hour and a half of movie and a half hour. <laughs> they're incredibly, there's a market for this. So, there's wow. no, it's, all, it's all rated G. Everybody's very chaste. So there, and and I discovered in this Washington Post list that there's one near here, Middleburg, Virginia. Oh, so there I'm, you go. I'm all ready to go to Middleburg and and check <laughs> out the Hallmark scene in Middleburg. I got to say, I've never watched one in my life either. Um, but Linda, now we know how you're going to be spending your holidays. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. And now Ginger Gibson, senior Washington editor for NBC News. We're going to try to explain it in a suitable for a family podcast way, but it was a fascinating piece by ProPublica that also had nothing to do with the court and had everything to do with a type of surgery that is performed to help men look more well endowed. Um, <laughs> yes, that is what I'm talking about. Um, but it turns out this world of penile enlargement surgery is really dangerous and unregulated. And ProPublica this week had just a really harrowing read about some of the side effects of men have suffered after undergoing this surgery. And what I found to be really the most fascinating part of the story was how these surgeries that have all of these problems get approved by the FDA. There is a surgery that has been done that has FDA approval. And it turns out that the process to get a medical device approved by the FDA is different than what it takes to get a medication approved. The medication involves all kinds of clinicals and studies and reports. If you have a medical device, all you have to prove is that it is substantially similar to another already approved medical device. So that implant um, was enough like implants that are put in people's arms or legs. And they argued that for that reason, it should be approved without any studies. And the piece really lays out a lot of the problems. So 
come for the interesting discussion on um, the way that the FDA approves medical devices. And here are some really harrowing stories about how people um, have been affected by these surgeries. Well, my favorite story, I, I just can't get over this, is, is from Forestville, California. I always look for stuff from my home city of California. Uh, and this is, I'm sure you probably saw it, this young couple. Uh, they noticed that there were some maggots little maggots crawling out of the walls of their home. And they thought, what the hell is going on? They called a pest service. The pest service arrived and they discovered <laughs> that an acorn woodpecker had been had <laughs> drilled all kinds of little holes up around the chimney of this house and was using the house as a storage chest for their its acorns. <laughs> they opened the wall of the house and get this, 700 pounds of acorns <laughs> were hidden behind the walls of the house that that this woodpecker had put in through the chimney, which went down into the kitchen and, and into the attic, rather than from the attic, had, had crept down into the walls of the house. And so these worms were little worms that were growing on the acorns. Uh, they took eight garbage bags of acorns weighing 700 pounds out of that house. And uh, when it was over, the uh, pest control people said in the understatement of the year that they figured this acorn woodpecker was, quote, a bit of a hoarder. <laughs> oh, great fun to hear uh, so many of those favorite stories all over again. Hope it's fun for you, too. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we've got more favorite stories coming up. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Iron Workers Union of North America. Under the leadership of President Eric Dean, the iron workers say the sky's the limit, and boy, do they mean it. You look at most of America's iconic structures, the Golden Gate Bridge, the Sears Tower, the Arch in St. Louis, the New World Trade Center, all built by iron workers. Check out their website, ironworkers.org, to find out more about their great work. We salute the Iron Workers of America and thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. 
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we're back with today's end of the year podcast. Uh, our favorite stories of all the favorite stories of the year so far on our reporters roundtable. And as I said, uh, most of the time we're dealing with serious topics and you can't avoid those either when you talk about what your favorite story of the week was. For example, uh, here is Sarah Weyer. Uh, she's the national security and accountability reporter at the Los Angeles Times. Well, mine's less upbeat. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but NPR had a wonderful piece this week about a team of uh, legal professors and experts who are working to get judges to stop uh, using uh cases related to slavery as uh, case law in the United States. Mm. And they estimate that uh, 18% of all case law in the United States is within one or two steps of a case directly about slavery in some way. Wow. Um, oh. And it, I had no idea. I, mean, I cover this no. stuff for a living and I had no idea. Uh, and just try to get, maybe not even to stop using these cases as law, but to be honest about why, you know, that slavery was a major part of it. And it starts off with an anecdote about a uh, a man in Maryland who wanted to update his will to free uh, people he owned and his relatives channeled his, uh, or challenged his will. Mm. And mm -hmm. to this day, that case Townsend versus Townsend is still cited when it comes to challenging wow. wills. And now Amanda Becker, Washington correspondent for 19th News. When I was choosing something that I wanted to talk about for this, I thought, should I depart from my long-held reporters roundtable tradition of either sharing the most depressing story or <laughs> something about the Real Housewives franchise? Um, and I decided, no, I, I will stick with the spirit I've always brought to this. So I chose a story in time this week that, not joking, at least a dozen people sent to me the minute it published. Um, the headline is, she wasn't able to get an abortion. Now she's a mom. Soon she'll start seventh grade. And this is a story about a 12-year-old in Mississippi who was playing outside last year when she was 12 and now she's now 13. Um, and she was raped and, you know, no one expected a 12 year old to be pregnant. And so they didn't know for a while by the Mississippi has a full abortion ban. Um, that's the state that brought the case that overturned Roe. Um, and by the time they get her to the doctor, it was pretty far, far along. And they didn't have the resources to take her out of state. And so this is a, they had to pull her out of school. Um, she's starting the school year remotely um, because they don't even want anyone to know that this is, has happened because um, it's just been such a trauma for this child. So I just, I love people focused reporting that is outside of DC. And this story by Charlotte Alter is uh, hard to read, but something that I don't think you want to miss. Okay, thanks, Amanda. Now, Kirk Beto, editor of the National Journal Hotline. 
Well, like I think a lot of people this week have been reading a lot of dispatches uh, from down in Georgia after the news of uh, Jimmy Carter entering hospice care, uh, and there have been some really fantastic pieces by the folks at you know the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Bluestein had a great piece this week about what President's Day like was uh, in Plains after the news broke. But the one that really stuck out to me as I was going through all these tributes was. Uh, WSB TV down in Atlanta went down to uh, the Maranatha Baptist Church where uh, Jimmy Carter was a Sunday school teacher uh, yeah. for years, taught to the uh, congregants down there on the Sunday after the news broke and everything. And they were just talking about their you know fellow churchgoer, their you know favorite Sunday school teacher and everything. And it really resonated with me and humanized uh, Jimmy Carter and everything that we've been talking about here is the legacy of being a good man, a decent man, and uh, a man who is so much more than just a, a former president. And that WSB TV story really, really stuck with me. You know, I always wanted to go down to the Maranatha uh, Baptist Church on a Sunday morning just to go to Sunday <laughs> Sunday mm-hmm. school with Jimmy Carter, and I regret that uh, I, I never, I, I never did it. And we end this week's podcast with a story written by one of our own regular panelists, Sabrina Siddiqui, White House reporter for the Wall Street Journal, who made news herself big time when she accompanied President Biden on that special trip to Ukraine. And bringing us that story, here's Sharice Date, senior White House correspondent for HuffPost. What caught my attention was Sabrina's story about being a... Uh, a, a new mom, a nursing mom, having oh, to go a great you know, on a secret flight in the middle of the night and then on a long train ride into a war zone and the challenges that presented. You know, I can't even imagine being pool on that trip. I mean, I'm stressed out enough on normal travel pool days <laughs> when I'm going to like Philadelphia for a speech or something, you know, because, uh, you know, it's all on you. I, I, I can't even I can't even imagine the pressure of being on this trip and being me and just the AP photographer, and that's it. And then on top of that, having to have to express and, and store milk. I mean, that's my hats off to you, Sabrina. Well done. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, no, and I'm a, so glad that that essay resonated with a lot of people. So it's a beautiful, much beautiful story. I have to ask. Can I ask a question, Sabrina? Of course. So you you were pumping your breast milk, and you said you were able to um, find people who would. Put it in the refrigerator for you, right? Yes. Does that mean, did you bring that home to the United States? Or what? I did. But, oh, my God. You know, one thing that I <laughs> mentioned in this was, um, you know, I was very lucky because I had these resources due to the method of travel here. And most women don't. Yes. And that was important for me to acknowledge, too, that, you know, we are just a striking lack of support and infrastructure for women when they return to work, and especially for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Now, I was at, in a situation where I could tell the ask the flight attendants on Air Force One if they could keep the milk, and then the person, who, the train attendant, if she could keep the milk. And eventually, I just needed to get to Warsaw. Once you're in Warsaw, then most hotels, wherever you are, are willing to freeze your milk for you or put it in their fridge while you're there. And then it was just a question of getting it back to the U.S. But because I was flying, you know, in a, essentially a private capacity, then. Uh, you know, I had resources that many women don't because TSA is obligated to allow you to carry your breast milk through security, but then keeping it stored on a commercial flight is a lot more challenging and a lot of women just aren't able to and have to throw it out, which is just devastating. So I, I'm very fortunate and I, I really hope if, any, if one of the other conversations that may result from this is 
how to ensure that more women have the resources they need to succeed when they go back to work. And that's it for today's podcast with our favorite stories. And I hope some of our favorite stories were some of your favorite stories too. You know, I really want to thank you for joining us so often during 2023. And as we turn the corner to the new year, I think it's important to reflect on how much is at stake. It's no exaggeration, I believe, to say that everything we believe in, everything we ever fought for, every right that we enjoy as Americans is at stake and will be lost this year if Donald Trump ever returns to the White House. So our goal in 2024 is to save our democracy, is to defeat Donald Trump and Trumpism once and for all. So it's fitting that we're going to start off the next year with, it's Tuesday, January 2nd, with Stuart Stevens, who is a top Republican campaign manager, one of the best in the country, one of the most successful in the country. He's now a leading member of the uh, never Trump Republicans, if you will, big leader in the Lincoln Project, whose goal is to convince moderate Republicans and independents not to vote for Donald Trump in order to help re-elect Joe Biden. And we're going to talk to uh, Stuart Stevens about what he sees as a real threat to our democracy if Donald Trump were ever re-elected. He's written a great book about it called The Conspiracy to End America, Five Ways My Old Party is Driving Our Democracy to Autocracy. So friends, if our goal is really to defeat Donald Trump, Stuart Stevens is going to show us the way. That's the next podcast, Tuesday, January 2nd. We'll see you then, and let's all work together to make it indeed a happy new year. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.